Well, good morning and welcome to Stanley Park Community Church. Uh, if you are new here, it's so great to have you join us. Uh, if you are coming from our digital service, wasn't it great to have Abby just lead us through some worship? Uh, we are so blessed to have everybody here. If you're new, I am Brad. I am a pastor here at Stanley Park Community Church, and this is... And I'm John. I'm also a, a pastor, pastor here at Stanley Park Community Church. Yeah, one of the exciting things today, we actually have our tech team trying out some new things. So uh, this camera is our hopefully new feed system. So if you are loving it, feel free to put a comment down there. Words of encouragement for our tech team people. They are wonderful in helping bring this to you this morning. So you want to get into... Okay, so... Uh, what we're doing now, we're going to have a three-week sermon series uh, just to kind of finish off the summer yeah. together. Uh, and here's what we're thinking. Uh, maybe just start by saying where we see that we are. Yeah. So first off, uh, we are in the middle of a time of very dramatic change. Do you remember when we all thought that maybe maybe three weeks after the Two shutdown. weeks at best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could open things up again and yeah. just sort of get back to normal. Uh, I think it's really obvious now that... It's safe to say two weeks is not going to be what it was. Sure, and, and, and normal <laughs> yeah. it maybe even is just a concept we should get rid of yeah. uh, because things, things have changed. Uh, also, we're at the end of summer. The end of summer, uh, uh, and, and in our picture of where we're going... Um, we see this, uh, the end of summer, as, a, as an important transition time for us as a congregation. We're going to talk about that. Uh, also, this is a weird time. It's a time of uh, grief and confusion. Uh, everyone has lost lots. Uh, a lot of people are wrestling with things. Uh, no one really knows what's coming. Uh, so we tried to think of a time in the Bible that kind of matched up. Now, you've got to be careful doing this. But yeah. we, 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 a time in the Bible that kind of matched up with where we see ourselves now, and we landed on the time when Israel was in the wilderness. Um, now, uh, so, so and we're going to take three weeks, and we're going to look at sort of the first week, uh, we're going to call it the wilderness, and it's about, look at the event that led to Israel being in the wilderness. Uh, then the second week, we're going to, next week, we'll look at the promise that, of, that was propelling them forward, because mm -hmm. the point wasn't to get the people in the wilderness, that was something they went through. Yeah. Uh, and then this, the third week is like moving in, so uh, making some steps to move in. So uh, we'll say more about all of that as we go, but Brad, why don't you pray for us as Absolutely. we Absolutely. Join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for being with us. Lord, we have gone through uh, a wild summer, uh, one that we never expected to have. But we know that you have been with us, that you've been working, you've been guiding, you've been connecting, you've been pouring out your love, and you've also never stopped refining and shaping us more and more into your image. Lord, we ask that you guide us today as we open up your scripture, as we, we seek your voice. Lord, we pray that you speak to each one of us, whether we are new to this community or we've been around for years. Lord, we ask that you speak in the places that you find us today. May we hear you, may we follow you, and may we move after you. Come, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 I, I'm going to read a bit from the Bible, but before we do that, I yeah. just want to kind of set it up a bit. So the portion we're reading is about the Passover. Uh, and this is, like, again, I, we, lots of folks know the Bible. Lots of folks don't know the story in much detail. But this is the event which made the people of Israel, the people of God, that the whole story of the Bible kind of unfolds around. Uh, the people of Israel were slaves in mm -hmm. Egypt. And this is the, uh, like a pivot point in the story of the people of Israel being 
set free from their slavery and becoming God's people in their own land. And so this is where they move from Egypt to the wilderness. Yeah. Uh, if, if you haven't read the story, haven't heard the story, that is all right. There is some key players to know. Uh, Pharaoh, you may have heard in the past of a Pharaoh. You may have heard of Moses, Aaron, God. He's a huge character in this. And also God's chosen people. So uh, Pharaoh is the ruler over Egypt. He's got these slave people who keep asking to be set free. Uh, Moses is the leader of these people now at this point. And Moses wasn't quite confident in his voice, so he has his cousin Aaron doing the talking for him as well. God is using Moses and Aaron to liberate, to free them. And it comes down after a bunch of plagues. This you may have heard. A bunch of plagues keep happening over and over and over again in Egypt to kind of soften Pharaoh's heart, but it actually does the opposite. He gets more stubborn. So this has come down to the very last moment where it's, it's, you keep seeing it racking up each time. The people of God are, are excited and hopeful that finally they'll be set free. Finally, Moses will be leading them and God will be their God and Pharaoh will just like let them go. So that's, that's kind of the background of this story where we are hopping right into it. Okay, so I, I'm going to read a couple of parts of uh, uh, Ex- the book of Exodus, so the second book of the Bible, uh, Exodus chapter 12, which is the story of uh, this last plague. Yeah. And so he- here the people are in their homes. This is, this is instructions for how they're to eat the Passover meal. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is uh, Exodus chapter 12. I'm going to start reading at verse 11 and read just three verses here. This is how you are to eat it. This is the Passover meal. With your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood and and the one little note that people yep. were all instructed when they, they killed the lamb that they were going to eat for the Passover meal, they were to take the blood and paint their doorposts with this blood. Um, the blood will be a sign for you on the house where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. Mm-hmm. So I, at this point... I think mostly it would be helpful to just imagine the scene of sitting around the table for a, a special meal, yeah. standing up with your shoes on, which you didn't wear, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and with your cloak ready to walk, and you're ready to leave, like it's, you're all set up to eat a fancy meal. Uh, maybe it wasn't too fancy because... Yeah. Of, but They're having lamb. <laughs> <laughs> which is fancy. Yeah, 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 that's where I come from. But. <laughs> and... and, and it, but ready to just leave, and it's this picture of absolute readiness just to get up and go. Yeah, um, and yeah I guess, absolutely. It was just a, a scenario where you aren't in a regular rhythm of eating a meal. You are committing to this in act of faith. You, you truly believe that God is one speaking and two, about to move in a drastic way where you are as literally ready to go as possible. Okay. Let me read just one more little bit from Exodus 12. I'm going to start at verse 31. And uh, I think the significant thing we see here is that this event, the, the Passover that leads to the Exodus, is uh, then become so he passes over the people uh, and, and spares the firstborn in the houses that have the blood on the door. So from passing, that becomes 
Passover, mm -hmm. which is this great annual celebration of this act of setting people free. Mm -hmm. And when Jesus had a Passover with his disciples, that's where our communion comes from. Yeah. So this, like this, when we take communion, we're going back, back, back to this story. And we are going to take communion at the very end yes. of this talk today. Um, uh, so so this, is, this is the roots of this long, long practice. Yeah. Uh, hear these words. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people. You and the Israelites, go, worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and herds as you have said and go. And also bless me. <laughs> the Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country. For otherwise, they said, we will all die. So the people took their dough before the yeast was added and carried it on their shoulders in kneading troughs wrapped in clothing. The Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. The Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed towards the people and they gave them what they asked for. So they plundered the Egyptians. The Israelites journeyed from Ramses to Sukkoth there were about 600,000 men on foot besides women and children. Many other people went up with them and also large droves of livestock, both flocks and herds. With the dough the Israelites had brought, before, uh, brought from Egypt, they baked loaves of unleavened bread. The dough was without yeast because they'd been driven out of Egypt and did not have time to prepare food for themselves. Now the length of the time the Israelite people lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of the 430 years, to the very day, all the Lord's divisions left Egypt because the Lord had kept vigil that night to bring them out of Egypt. On this night, all the Israelites are to keep vigil to honor the Lord for the generations to come. And so we see here the event and then an annual celebration of that event all sort of mixed together. And we have the story of the people being set free from Egypt. Yeah. So over to you, Brad. Right over to me. We have kind of three things we want to focus in on. The first one is identifying that God is up to something. Two is kind of looking at the disruption. And the third is the wilderness is not the final stop. So the first one, that God is up to something. Obviously, when a, a plague happens, you wouldn't just say God's up to something. But when you see it happening over and over and over again with a, a, a guy that seems to be hearing from God saying, this is what's going on. God wants... He set my people free. And then you don't listen to him. Then he comes back with another thing. He, he, we see that God is making it abundantly clear that it's not just happenstance, that God is working in this time period to do something. What God is not trying just to do is upset everybody. His intent is to draw out his people to establish them in a new life rhythm, in a, a way that is not slavery, a way that doesn't engage just because they're in bondage, one that is prosperous for them, one where they can know their God, where they can honor, worship, and follow him with their whole hearts. And he also wants to engage in a way of showing them who he is. Over the years, they didn't have a, a full, clear picture of Yahweh. This is how they would refer to him. They'd have some idea, but they'd see all these other gods, and they'd try to mix and match. But God has decided that he's taken these people out for their blessing, for their provision, and ultimately to use them to be a blessing back into creation. This is all packed back into this little moment where he's like, all right, get your shoes on, you know, paint your door with the blood of the lamb as a marker saying that you are, you are my person that I'm going to do something with. Yeah. 
Let, let me just yep. add a, a, a little point about uh, sort yep. of expanding something you shared there. The, this idea that God is up to something. Yep. Uh, if you take the whole experience of Israel in the wilderness, and, and uh, we have a commentary on that in the book mm -hmm. of Deut De Deuteronomy. That's hard to say <laughs> now. Uh, um, what God was up to, one of the things he was up to, is teaching the people to put their trust in him. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of seeing God's power in the act of setting them free, seeing God's goodness and seeing God's care and, and the attitude of trust. Uh, mm -hmm. That's, I think, huge in this yeah. whole story and pretty fitting for us as well. Yeah, if, if you've been following Jesus for a while, uh, one, we obviously always encourage you to take note of these big moments when God moves in your life. If you're, if you're new and this is just your first time hearing anything about this, as, as you interact with God, you might have these moments where you, you find a bit of clarity. We want to encourage you to remember those because these, these moments, one, we have it written down here for this community, but as you go, you want to find these confident moments. As they were out in the wilderness, they can always remember that Moses was leading them through all these things, that God loosened up the people from being slaves to being free. And that the very night he said he was doing something, when he said, put on your shoes, eat a quick meal, get ready to run, he did. Yeah. And so... As, as we journey, make note of these special things that God is doing in our lives. Yeah. A second sort of big yeah. theme in here is that like everything Israel was used to yeah. got disrupted. Yeah. Uh, they, they were used to working. Uh, they were used to eating Egyptian food. Yeah. Uh, they were used to all that. And, and uh, all of a sudden, there's this huge throng of people marching in the wilderness <laughs> and, and uh, hey this isn't what we normally do is it <laughs> that's right and and actually one of the big themes in as the story goes on is that a lot of the people as you know times were a little bit tough when you're in the wilderness yeah. a lot of the people thought maybe it'd be really a good thing to go back to egypt let's just go back and um so you know a big part of this story is there was a, God had something in mind that was so beautiful and so good, but it was a journey that they went yeah. through to get there. And so don't stay in the wilderness. The point, I guess that's the next, that's yeah. the next point. We'll share that in a minute. But, but, but don't go back to Egypt because that's not where God is calling. Yeah, the, the disruption is, is obviously challenging. We've all literally experienced some microcosm of a disruption. Like we still, many of us live in the same land. Many of us have the same job in some sort of shifting point. Like our lives are disrupted, but not to this degree. But as they're going, they have to identify that this is not something they've ever done before. And the old things that they used to do, their, their brick making skills aren't going to be as applicable in this current situation. And not to lose heart, but to identify that this disruption is God's, God is using this disruption to shape, form, and grow trust in his people. Yeah, yeah. And, and one other little yeah. point, just, just to, draw, and again, we're making these points partly because of the point we want to make about us. It's coming up. It's <laughs> yeah. coming. Don't yeah, worry. That's yeah. right. Is, is the wilderness is not the final stop. So God's yeah. aim was not to get the people into the wilderness. His aim was to get the people in the promised land. But in order to get there, they went through the wilderness. And uh, so, so, yeah. Yeah, you, you today might be sitting in the wilderness clearly. Like you, everything is disrupted. And it's, it seems to not be moving, right? All you see is more disruption. It could be the kids going back to school. It could be that you actually have lost your job. It could be all kinds of these little scenarios that you don't get to see family, friends, 
and you are sitting in this disruption, sitting in the wilderness, and wondering, why am I here? What, what is the point of this? Take heart. Know that God is up to something in your life, that he hasn't forgotten you, that this is, isn't his plan, it's just to take you out of your job, to take you out of your comfort, to take you out of all these spaces, just to leave you here. And don't go back. If, if God has brought you to this point where your life has been disrupted and you see his hand working to bring you freedom, to make him known to you, and you found some confidence in those, build a, your life around that. Don't head back to the things that you just knew were comfortable and easy because God wants to do some amazing things with our our new rhythms, our new way of life. And if you are feeling like that spot in the wilderness, know that we are around, that we are here for you, that this group of people that was disrupted and sent out to the wilderness, it wasn't one at a time. Yeah. It was a very, very large group of people that all experienced the disruption. They all experienced the wilderness. And so lean on the people around you and allow them to speak words of encouragement in life. And that, that brings us kind of where we're going. Yes. It brings us into what we are looking at as a community going forward. Uh, so a, a quick starting point is the next thing for us as a church is looking at how do we not live just in the wilderness, waiting for this pandemic to end, waiting for uh, a clearance on more than 30% of a gathering. How do we step into what is next for us? How do, how do we make a, a place to live, a place to follow God more fully and in ways that we may not have exactly been able to do in our, in our previous situation. And so, so come September, we are doing church differently. You may have seen one of our videos. Uh, we had a couple, may have gotten a few of the emails. We've had a lot. But we are coming back in September, not to a regular gathering on Sunday morning, but to a community of communities. We are still going to have some sort of Sunday morning thing, but our heart, our desire is to allow our community to do life with one another, to gather in backyards, to gather in living rooms, to gather in coffee shops, and even gather in this building, whether it's on Sunday morning, on a Wednesday evening, whatever kind of situation that allows us to connect with one another and with God is what we're trying to develop coming September. Yeah, Maybe just a, yeah. a point about that, it, like where did this come from? Yeah. Uh, this, so, as time went on, it became more and more obvious that what was our old normal, uh, it, it, who knows how long, yeah. or if ever, things will go back to... So the question, you, could, you, can, you, can, you can sit down and say, shoot, this is a mess, you know? Yeah. And so it is. <laughs> Correct. Uh, but we felt as a church, and we got all the church leaders together, and we had numerous meetings and a couple of very, very long meetings where we prayed and discussed, and the question we had in front of us was, okay, here we are in this situation now. What can we do? What do people really need? Yeah. And uh, at, w what we came up with is this idea that what we are craving is community. Yeah. Deep connection with God, real connections with each other. And you know what? This isn't a brand new idea. This is always yeah. what the thing, everything's been about. John, how many times have you preached on that over the past 30 well, years? Well, it'd, <laughs> it'd be more than one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> a lot. But, the, but now we find ourselves in a situation where we feel that need more acutely, and we, we ask the question, how, what can we do? And, and so that's where this came from, is yeah. how do we do what the church has always aimed to do now in the middle of this situation as best as possible that we can figure out with yeah. God's help? And that then makes the question, what is it that the church is made to do? 
Yes. Right? Really, really, when we get down to it, what is it? Is it a Sunday morning music talk thing? Or is it more? Yeah. And we would say it's far, far more than that. That's yeah. a part. Well, we've always said, because if, if that Sunday morning thing doesn't lead to connection with God, connection with people, it's not working, right? It's, yeah. not, it's not doing what it's supposed to do. And so us as a church, we, we identify that the, the, the mission that we are on is to be ones that know God deeply, to walk with him one that knows each other deeply and walk with one another, that we disciple, we invest in each other's lives, that we look out around us into the neighborhoods, the workplaces, the situations we are in, and we identify we are conduits of God. We get to live out his love for others around us. So here's a question. Yep. As we pictured that, yep. how did it look? Like, as, yep. we, as we look ahead and say, okay, what could work? Yeah. What so, what did we come up with? So here's here's <laughs> as clearly as we can describe. We're entering into the new land. We we've we're trying to figure this out. But the big thing we know is we are going to be a community of communities. And what that really means is that we have broken up the church into a bunch of different spots, which is geographically based. We identify that you live around a few people. I live around a few people. You live around a few people as well. And that there's natural interactions that are possible. And we found that. There's actually great leaders that we have in these communities. And so we look at the church and we said, we have leaders in these neighborhoods. We have people living in these neighborhoods. What if we intentionally put everybody in this space together to then grow, disciple, invest, connect, live out life and faith alongside in a way that isn't just a, here's a Bible study, or this isn't just a a serve team. It's a gathering Sometimes it's a call another time. It's three of us going out for coffee and having a conversation. It's all of us sending love to somebody that isn't doing well. And that this is a way in a a smaller network to know who is doing well, who isn't doing well, who needs help, who doesn't need help, who am I growing, who am I being grown by. And it makes it far, far, far more tangible than to sit on a Sunday morning and say, well, I think I'm growing. So... Yep, we've been trying to explain this to lots of people, and yeah. of course, it's always a, a challenge. Here's a, here's a let me pose a question. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, we have for a long time had groups. It's yep. a great idea, to, and groups are a great tool. Um, what's what's the difference between this and a group? Yeah. Uh, so, if you've experienced a group, you probably loved it. It was maybe a Bible study. It could have been the discipleship group. It was kind of like opting in. Like, ah, you know, I have time on Wednesday night, I will jump into this. Or, I happen to like this thing, I'll jump in on that. Which is great. Awesome. But the idea behind these communities is, everybody's a part. Like, you belong. Whether you can make it to a meeting, whether you answer your phone, this community, this people around you, are doing life in some way, to some degree, intentionally. Yeah. So there might be some meetings. Oh, absolutely. Gr- meetings might happen. Some yeah. sort of Bible study might be a thing. Zoom might be a thing. It really comes down to what does your community sense God is doing in and amongst your neighborhood. Yeah. What about those folks who just don't like to go out, don't have a computer? Yeah. Is there a place for them? Absolutely. There's, there's a spot for everybody. That's one of our, our core things was no one gets left behind in this. And so if you aren't watching this right now because you don't have a computer, uh, hopefully somebody's going to tell you this and find some way to get it. But the main idea is whatever capacity you have, access that into the community. 
you might just be a person that doesn't really want to get phone calls. You don't really want to gather in any sort of way, but you wouldn't mind prayer. So this community has your name, and they are praying for you. They don't even need to tell you that they're praying for you. It's just good to know that somebody's got my back. There might also be the surprise. This community might be like, you know what? Brad, we love him. We know, we know what he doesn't want, but we do know he wants cookies on his doorstep. And so, like, maybe the community just reaches just, out. Are you, are you? No, I'm not making a plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gluten-free. So, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Maybe that is all that you receive is just love from this community. But you belong. And if you ever want to be a part in more of than just sitting on the edge, you're welcome. You have a right. It's, it's basically like the birthright of being a part of this community. You are a part of those that are around you and that you belong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think... I suppose yep. one way to summarize a lot of this lot of it, is yep. to say that that we just don't think it's going to be possible yep. to have things like they used to be, but but maybe in the long run, something better can emerge as we creatively pray and think about what this could look like. And this idea of the church as a community all over the place, still connected to each other, Again, this is not a new picture. This is no. a picture that's been, but this is maybe a way for this to happen right now. And, and, and we want to have a go at it starting September. And Absolutely. The, the, the hardest thing is knowing that we've all had life experience. We've all enjoyed churches we once knew it. We all had some part of it that was why we came. And knowing that as we go forward, some of that's going to be there. Some of it's not. We know that this, this gathering space here, we already have a lot more regulations and things that we have to go by where even as we reopen this building to be used, it's not going to be what we once thought. Yeah. It, going out into this wilderness as the people of God, they didn't have their regular rhythm. They couldn't build bricks. They couldn't apply them to things. No leeks and onions. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had to adapt. And that's what we are looking at is God is doing a new thing in our community here at Stanley Park. And that has got to be hard for a lot of us because we really like the old thing. But we do believe that God is in this community. He's in our communities and communities. He's in your neighborhood. He's in the, the list of people that we have for you to come alongside and do life with. He is active and he is present to us. And we want to engage with that. We don't want to just limit God to this is the way that we've always experienced him. We knew that he was a part of our life, but we want to continue to push further in and know that as we prepared that meal, as we stood around the table, and as we had our shoes on, that God was going to move. And that got to be hard. And if you aren't yet ready for God to move in such a radical way, we understand. It's a journey that we are all on. We literally have no more knowledge than when we start. Like, we, we're, we know less when we start something. And so we know that this is going to shape, this is going to form some things will not be perfect. I can guarantee, actually, none of it will be perfect. But in that, we know that God will be present to us in ways that we anticipate and ways that we didn't anticipate. The story of Israel going through the wilderness, the way that they took the land, God showed up in ways that they never, ever expected. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we hope for as a community of communities, as we engage with one another. And so one of the things is that we're looking at continue encouraging you to gather in backyards, gather on porches, gather in kitchens, kitchens, living rooms, coffee shops, and come September 20th, we will allow some people to gather here, because we do know that there's a value of having a building, having a space for people that 
can't currently be watching today. Yeah. And so we are looking at how do we allow people in the building, but we also know that when we gather again on a Sunday morning, it's not going to look like what we once remembered. It's not going to be the life we previously enjoyed in that way. But I, we do believe God is up to something, yeah. and we want to be a part of that. So as, as we want to move forward, we never want to move without our roots. And that is why we have communion today. John, if you can start prepping your guitar. We are going to take communion together because we know that while we are going forward, while we are moving into something that is not quite known to us, we know that God has prepared a way. Originally, around the table, these people that God has called to himself weren't quite sure what tomorrow looks like. They just know that God is with them and he's guiding them. You jump forward through years and years of history where Jesus has now walked with his disciples. He's taught them what the kingdom of God looks like, and it was very tangible. It was moment by moment. You could see God moving, shaping, and we are so driven to that as a community. And we see that before he goes to the cross, he gathers for the Passover meal, not by accident, but by choice, and he tells his disciples that this is his body and that this is his blood. And he says to them, that it's broken for you. He's, he's playing with a tradition that they know well. They've come to expect something is going to be this way when we do a Passover meal. It's, it's years on years on years of tradition. But Jesus knows that he's doing a new thing. That hours later, he's going to be taken in. He's going to be tried. He's going to be beaten. He's going to be pouring out his blood because he's doing a new thing. And that new thing is so connected to the old thing. Jesus came, died for our freedom. He came and took away our sins. He took that which was holding us back, keeping us from knowing God. He entered into that, this creation, this moment, and he took this meal that we are going to take, and he reshaped our thinking, saying, it's going to be messy. You're going to be confused. We're going to figure this out because I am with you. And I have made a way. So John, if you want to play. Jesus took the bread. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Take it and eat. And as the meal went on, as history carried on, as we are a part of it moving, we sit at the same table, the table that was there in Exodus, the table that was there with Jesus, the one that was through all these years, carrying on through the church, that they continually tried to figure out what does life look like now as we follow God, as we understand Jesus, and as our lives continue to conform and be transformed. They took the cup, each one of us, and we say, God, this is your blood for us. Thank you for pouring it out. May we be a part of your movement. And Jesus says, this is my blood. Shed for us. He made a way where there was no way. He moved in where there was nothing there to occupy. He did all this so that we may know him. And we as a church are moving forward to know him. And so thank you for taking part of this meal. Thank you for taking part of this message. And thank you for being a part of what God is doing next in our lives as a community, our neighborhoods, as 
our villages, in the world that God is still working to redeem, restore, connect through you and through me. And that is our message for us as we step forward. May God be with us as he was with them, as he was with the disciples, and he has been ever since he made creation. So this is it, coffee hour. As you know, every week we end with the same thing because community is so important to us. Call, email, text, message somebody, a word of encouragement. Say, I am looking so forward to being in community with you. I can't, I can't remember what life was like before COVID, but I know that going forward, life alongside you in this broader community of communities is something I'm excited for. Send a message just saying, I'm happy to be a part of this with you. Check in on somebody. That is part of our rhythm. Say, hey, I haven't heard from you from quite a long time. I just want to let you know I love you. I'm praying for you. Whatever the message that you feel is appropriate or needed, I encourage you to send that. Because we are a community at Stanley Park, and we want to continue to follow God going forward. Thank you so much for checking us out. Uh, If you have any questions, feel free to email me or John. If you are new here, once again, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, may God bless you this week. Amen.